Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I'm excited that you're here. And I just have to say, you know, my episode last week on Israel, (laughs) when I think back to uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know what, a lot has transpired since I recorded that. And I almost feel like I could do a whole nother episode because so much, like I said, has taken place. Many of you reached out saying you appreciated the truth represented on that episode, and I also heard from many that it helped ease some of your fears, and I tell you, I am, I mean, I love hearing from people regardless, but I'm just really grateful that some of your fears and your concerns were assured, you were um, really kind of set at ease a little bit more. I was really hoping that that episode would help do that. Uh, or at least, you know, point you in the right direction to scripture, to the heart of the Lord, to fix your eyes on him. I think I mentioned somewhere in there that I was thinking about possibly offering a class on, you know, either revelation or end time events. And um, I've had a couple of people reach out and say that they would be interested in that. So I don't know. I'm not saying I'm going to going to do that, but I'm not closing the door completely on it either. And here's why. If there's enough interest, I would consider it. But, you know, here's the thing. Sometimes people say that they're interested in stuff and then people, not only just myself, but faith leaders go to a lot of work and a lot of energy. They put a lot of time and effort and resources in creating and developing something that is quality that's going to help people grow in their faith and point them to Jesus only to have nobody show up or they come one week, they come the second week, and then all of a sudden you don't ever see them or hear from them again. And you know what? I am just doubling down in this new season that I'm in and I am only going to be doing the things that God really impresses upon my heart to do because I understand that the times are short, that time that we are living in requires us to be very diligent stewards of our time and our resources. So I'm only going to be offering things that people are genuinely interested in and they're going to be committed to. So like I said, if I hear enough expressed interest and I I think that people are going to be committed and and show up, then I would probably open the door and consider that. Now, having said that, I understand that sometimes life happens. Sometimes, you know, there's we we sign up for a course or a study of some kind and you already know ahead of time, hey, on on this Tuesday I have this going on and I'm not going to be able to make it. So I'm not saying anything again that or those types of things. I mean, that happens to me. I signed up recently for 
for a women's Bible study. And I already know that there's going to be a couple that I am not going to be able to attend because I already have uh, previous commitments on the calendar. But that doesn't mean that I won't be committed to the other weeks because I see the value in, in this study and I want to continue to grow in my faith and I want to be in a community of faith-filled and like-minded people that I can grow with and I can be iron sharpening iron. So all of that to say thank you for your interest and for those of you that have reached out and saying, you know what, I would be interested in that. If you do something, let me know. So stay tuned. I, I could possibly be offering something in the future. But, you know, as I mentioned last week, when I was offering that episode on Israel, I think I started that, that episode off by saying that I'm a little disappointed in how silent some of our faith leaders and even churches have been in what's going on in Israel. I really don't believe, and I'm not ashamed to say it, I'm unapologetic about it. This is not the time to be silent. This is not the time to just avoid certain topics because we're concerned about how it's going to offend or it's too heavy or it's not happy and and people might not feel good about it. You, You know what? Those days have long come and gone. I mean, us as faith leaders and the church, we we need to do what the Bible says, preparing the saints, helping to equip the saints. And so I don't know, I'm just, I feel so deeply convicted that as a faith leader, we need to read the room. And by that, what I mean is there are a lot of things happening in this world that people are concerned about, people are are fearful about, people are anxious about, and they're not hearing anything. They're not being instructed and pointed to pointed to the Bible in in their in their fellowships because you know we're so busy focusing on these other things, and so people are just wandering around wondering what to do. And you know what? I've read the room. I've read the room, and I'm on a apologetic about that. So I'm going to address this week truth versus lies. Specifically, I want us to hone in on deception and how to avoid it. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 4, take heed, no one deceives you. Jesus said that. He said that out of his own mouth. Take heed, no one deceives you. He then proceeded to share specific things that would unfold that would be a sign that he is returning. And I talked about some of those things last week. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that again, but I will say that as you look at the things that have biblically been spoken of both in the, the New Testament and the Old Testament, I mean, the boxes are checked. And um, like I said last week in the spirit, I can hear the footsteps of Jesus across heaven's floor. He could come while I'm recording this. He could come while you are listening to this episode. It's very interesting. You know, in, in Matthew's gospel, chapter 24, it is very interesting that Jesus gives that instruction first. Take heed, no one deceives you. So when you look at Matthew's gospel, chapter 24, he has been asked by his disciples, how will we know 
when these things are going to going to happen how will we know of your of your coming how will we know of your returning and the first thing he says is take heed no one deceives you and then he proceeded to to share all the specific things that we that we would be able to to know and recognize that hey you know what look up your redemption is drawing nigh i'm coming i am coming things like wars and rumors of wars earthquakes natural disasters i mean i encourage you to set some time aside and read matthew's gospel chapter 20, 24 and see for yourself that we're there. <laughs> there's been enough scripture. There's been enough prophecy fulfilled for Jesus to come back right now at this very moment. Other references to deception can be found throughout the Bible. You guys, throughout the Bible, Psalms and Proverbs, both books are filled with different scriptures of deception. Jeremiah chapter 9 and chapter 17, Mark's gospel chapter 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Romans chapters 3 and 16, Ephesians chapter 5, Colossians chapters 2 and 3, 1 Peter 2 and 3, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 are just a few of those, those places where deception is clearly talked about. And that's just naming a few, but clearly we see, even if we, even if we don't place a lot of weight and emphasis on Jesus's own words, which I don't know, that would be, um, you talk about being deceived. <laughs> there's a great, there's a great point right there. If, if we're not listening to and heeding the voice of the Lord, that's deception there. But even if we set Jesus aside and, and, and what, and what he's saying, Clearly, deception is something that the Lord places a great emphasis and importance upon if it's located throughout the Bible, both in the Old and the New Testament. There is something there that he wants us to take heed of. I want to share with you something that I know that I know that I know just as that well as I know I'm sitting on this chair, something that God showed me several months ago while I was praying. But I want to I want to kind of set this up as giving just sort of an, an example in the natural so that you can track with me. You know, you're familiar with salespeople who come to your door to sell you something they believe will somehow better your life, right? You know, you know how it goes. They ring the door doorbell, you go to the door and they have in their hand something, a flyer, a brochure, something that they um, that they believe in and that they they want to try to sell you, encourage you to participate in because they believe it's going to somehow better your life. Well, like I said, several months ago, while I was in prayer, I saw a picture of a no soliciting sign. And when I asked the Lord about it, he showed me something. He clearly spoke these words to my heart. The enemy is showing up to the door of my people's lives, trying to sell them something that is not from me. Of course, the door that he was speaking of is spiritually speaking. And as I continued praying about what I was seeing, I saw a person and this person looked friendly, had a large smile 
and was dressed in white from head to toe. And those of you that are well-versed in the Bible, you know that for people of faith, white is something that, that signifies purity. It's something that is is holy. You know, the, the Bible says that though my sins were red as scarlet, he will wash me as white as snow. White is something that is considered and associated with God's purity and holiness. But as I kept looking at this person, I noticed in his hand a dagger that he was carrying and trying to conceal behind his white apparel. So hang with me. I'm going to explain this. I don't want you to think that I'm off in the left field somewhere. Hang with me. God said deception is going to increase. It will sound and look friendly and harmless. It will appear as if it is from me, but it isn't. And as my people who use discernment look closely, they will see it is solely meant to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said that in John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 10. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. I mean, think about Eve, you know, back in in Genesis chapter three, clearly when when the enemy came as a slithering snake and began to have a conversation with Eve, did God surely say, clearly God didn't mean that. I mean, are you sure that you heard right? You know, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but what Eve was hearing and what Eve was considering and what Eve was giving attention to and, and sort of playing in her mind, rolling around in her mind, it sounded it sounded good, right? It sounded harmless. It sounded like, hmm, well, maybe, maybe this, maybe I, I didn't hear right. Maybe, maybe, you know, I could, I could eat from this tree. It, it's not really going to be all that bad. I mean, it, it looks good and it looks harmless and it sounds friendly enough. It sounds harmless. What's going to be the big deal? Well, you and I know how, how that went, right? You may say, I won't ever be deceived because I go to church and I serve on the committee and fill in the blank. Well, here's the thing that's so dangerous about deception. You don't know you're being deceived. I mean, think about that. That is very dangerous. That's the dangerous thing about deception. You don't know you're being deceived. Jesus said in Matthew uh, chapter 24, verses 24 and 25, for false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. I want to circle back to the three words that he said, even the elect. Who are the elect that he is referring to? You and me. We are considered the elect. If you are a follower of Christ, and I stopped using the word Christian a long time ago because in the day that we're living in, everybody refers to themselves as a Christian. I know people that who are into witchcraft and every other form of things, and they refer to themselves as a Christian faith. Instead, I start referring to people as followers of Christ. Like you are, you believe in the deity of Jesus Christ, and you are a complete sold out follower of Jesus Christ. That is who he is referring to. 
even the elect, these, these false teachers, these false prophets, these false teachings, these false different ideas and ideologies and, and these types of things that are being taught, even signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Hang with me because in a few minutes, I'm going to give you key tips to avoid deception that you can begin implementing today in your life in your faith. There are numerous methods that one can be deceived. Here are a few examples. One, the use of tarot cards, reading horoscopes, consulting or seeking out help, signs, and those types of things from people who claim they can see into your future. Basically, anything someone does apart from God to have supernatural results in their lives. Let me read that again. Basically, anything someone does apart from God to have supernatural results in their lives is deception. That's number one. Number two, not believing something the Bible is very clear about and says is sin. Number three, Manipulating scripture to fit a narrative because someone doesn't want to admit their viewpoint, their lifestyle, or behavior is sin. I have a fourth point here, but I want to pause there because I've I've been very concerned about I'm about the church. I'm just going to be honest. I'm concerned about people of faith. I'm concerned about about us and the things that we are sort of becoming a little bit more complicit in and we're sort of just you know beginning to embrace and especially in recent months where christian artists i'm talking about people who who have been in the worship industry beginning to dress as drag queens and they're maybe not calling themselves a drag queen but they're choosing to dress in 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 representing a drag queen to support in their words these are not my words i'm using their words to support and express inclusiveness because we need to love everybody god loves everybody and so we need to be people of love and if we don't embrace these people we are not being we are not being loving we're not fulfilling the the great commandment to love your neighbor as yourself well here's the thing with that I'm going to poke some holes in that. And I know I'm going to take some heat for this. I'm going to take some flat for it. I already know that from the get-go, but I, I'm done. I'm just done. I'm done playing, playing safe. I'm done just kind of whitewashing these types of things because, again, read the room. We are in, we are in a, a time, we're in an hour where people need to know the truth. People need to hear the word of God in, in its complete truth, not watered down, not sugar-coated. The Bible says we are called to speak the truth in love. So yes, we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so it isn't that I don't love people who are in sin. I do love them. But the Bible also says, not only for me, but anyone else who calls themselves 
a follower of Christ, that I'm all in, I'm I'm a, I'm a Bible-believing, Spirit-led follower of Jesus Christ. We have a mandate. We have we have we have been called to be people who speak the truth in love, and you can't have one without the other. We can't be people who are just love, 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 love. And not give people truth, not take a stand for truth. And in the same way, we can't be people who are just pounding people, pounding people, like beating people over the head with truth, 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 and and not giving it in love. We can't have one or the other. So the fourth thing that is is a key area to know that you are being deceived is not believing in sin, judgment, repentance, or that there's both a heaven and a hell. So I was thinking as I was preparing this week's episode, I I know that people are going to say, "Whoa, Susan, you are coming out hot and heavy here." It sounds like you're you're just being so negative and man, you need to tone it down, you need to lighten up a little bit. Can I just humbly ask you, can I humbly engage in a healthy conversation with you and and just humbly ask you to think about it? When's the last time you heard a message on sin, repentance, and salvation? When is the last time you heard a, a sermon series on these things, on these areas, of, of our lives or even or even a message on heaven and hell and that we are all created every single one of us on the face of the planet created as eternal beings and so once we die you know we take our last breath on this side of heaven we don't just get buried six feet in the ground and then that's life no 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 we were created as eternal beings so we're going to continue living in either heaven or hell and that that location our destination is up to us. It's up to the individual. And so often, and especially I've heard it so many times recently in this hour that we're living in, how can, how can this God that you believe in and you say is so loving and so good, how can he send people to hell if he loves them and he's so good? The short answer, he doesn't. We do. We send ourselves there by refusing to accept faith in him through his son, Jesus Christ, through through coming to him in repentance, repenting of our sin and turning from that and following Jesus Christ. That is that that is how our names get written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, and then our our salvation is secure. Man, I I just I've been hearing that so often lately. How can this God that you love so much, and I hear you say all the time that that He is so good and He's so kind and He would never turn His back on you and and all that? Well, how how then can He send people to hell? Again, short answer, he doesn't. We send our uh, we send ourselves there. God is so good to us. He he's not going to manipulate us. He's not going to strong arm us. He has given everyone a choice and a free will and he wants us to exercise that free will to choose him, to choose life, to choose repentance, to choose salvation through putting our faith in his son, Jesus Christ, and living our lives in a way that is reflective of his holiness and his righteousness. William Booth, 
the founder of the Salvation Army, said this, The chief danger that confronts this coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. Man, come on, somebody. You know what? He said that years ago, like many years ago. And yet here we are in 2023. You're listening to this. I'm recording this in October of 2023. And he said that so many years ago. Friend, the things I mentioned above, they are not innocent things. They are not just innocent things. These things, these four, these four different areas, these four key areas that I mentioned that are indicators that deception is in someone's life, those are not innocent things. And those four areas, those four things, even though they're key indicators that someone is being deceived and living in deception, that's not an exhaustive list. Those are just the four main areas. I mean, we could do like a whole podcast series on the different ways that deception is just rampant in, in the world right now. And if you think that those things are innocent, that in and of itself is deception. I don't know. I Maybe, maybe that was a little hard to hear, but you know what? I love you and I, I don't want you to be deceived. And I believe that God's 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 heart for you is that you will not be deceived. Why? Because he loves you and I am committed to being a truth teller. And so I'm speaking the truth in love. These things are not innocent things. They are things clothed in white, things that sound good, appear friendly and harmless. All the enemy needs to gain access to a person's life is an entry point, and it doesn't even have to be a big one. Think about when you open the door to the salesperson who rings your doorbell. You open the door slightly to either listen to their sales pitch or to say you're not interested. Spiritually speaking, once the enemy has an entry point, he gains a foothold, which allows him to build a stronghold. But I want to encourage you that there is hope because hope has a name and his name is Jesus. I want to offer you solid and biblical ways to avoid deception. Number one, be a woman of the word. That has to be a non-negotiable. I will not stop stressing that. I am unapologetic. I am willing to die on that mountain. Be a woman of the word. You know how those people who work in the money fraud department spot counterfeit money? It isn't because they studied extensively on the counterfeit. It's because they extensively studied the true authentic paper money. Isn't that interesting? Because we would naturally think, well, they they work really hard and they they become experts at identifying the counterfeit. No, they don't. They become experts and well well versed, and they do extensive training and study in being able to identify the true authentic money. That's how they spot a lie. Very interesting there. And when you apply that then to being a person of the word, 
We need to be people of the word. We have to study the true word of God, which is in the Bible. And that is how we become aware when deception is is trying to gain entrance into our lives. That's when we can we can spot a lie because no no no, I know the truth and I can detect, I can I can identify that is a lie because I have never been able to find biblical support to that. So mm, nope, I'm canceling that. I'm not opening the door to that because that is a lie. Number 2, be very careful who you are listening to. And I emphasize the word very. Why? Because there are a lot of voices in today's world. The world is very loud. I cannot stress this enough. Be very careful who you are listening to. Don't just start following someone because they sound good. Ask yourself, do your homework. Are they grounded? Are they biblical? Are they a person of integrity? Who do they fellowship with? Do your research. Yeah, kind of look them up. Pay attention there. Number three, seek out someone further along in their faith that you know is a trustworthy source to ask questions if you're unsure. And even if you can't find someone, take heart. You're not left up to yourself. You have the Holy Spirit. And he will show you if you ask him. If you are a follower of Christ, you have been given the Holy Spirit and he dwells within you. The Holy Spirit leads you and I into all truth. John chapter 16 and verse 13 tells us this. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. John 16, 13. The Holy Spirit will never lead us to do anything contrary to scripture. And that's why we need to be women of the word, period, end of story. Again, non-negotiable. If you're unsure if you have given the enemy an access point into your life, ask God and through his spirit, he will show you because he is good and he is faithful like that. If something is revealed to you, it does need to be repented of, it needs to be renounced, and the door to that entry point needs to be shut. You need to shut that door. Whatever the entry point is, it needs to be ruthlessly addressed and removed from a person's life. God's heart is for you to know the truth, not a truth, but the truth. And you've heard me say it countless times, but I'm just, I'm going to keep saying it because I think that it needs to be, needs to be heard loud and clear. We are living in a world where everybody has their own version of truth. Truth has become a relative term and it's no longer absolute. Everybody has their own version. You, you have your truth. I'm going to speak my truth. You speak your truth. It's okay if we don't necessarily agree. You know, we'll just agree to disagree and, and meet in the middle and just be friendly. You know what? There's one truth. There's one truth, and we need to be women who are fully and completely devoted and committed 
to that one truth. And when there has been revealed in our lives a form of truth that has been manipulated, that has been that has been embraced in our lives that is not complete and full truth, we need to we need to repent of that, we need to renounce that, and we need to shut the door to that and we need to be ruthless about it. That's how important it is to avoid deception. And you might be saying Wow, Susan, I mean, you you keep saying and tossing around the word ruthless. Well, that's how important it is that we be people who are aware of deception and do whatever we can to avoid deception. Again, referring back to Jesus's words, take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed, no one deceives you. God's heart for you is to know the truth. Again, not a truth but the truth. He does not want you to be deceived. Jesus said in John's gospel, chapter 10 and verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. I am known by my own. And he's referring to you. That's who he's referring to. He's speaking to you. He's saying, I know my sheep and they know me. And in verse 27 of that same chapter in John, John's gospel, chapter 10, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. How do we know his voice? We read our Bibles. <laughs> we read our Bibles. That's how we know his voice. And the voice of a stranger then, we won't follow you want to not you want to not be deceived you want to not follow a stranger's voice you want to not open up the door to to the enemy to your life read the bible read the bible open up your bible and and read it for yourself attend a bible believing spirit filled church listen to listen to podcasts listen to if you're if you're someone who likes to attend Bible studies and conferences and and those types of things make sure that they are Christ centered and Bible focused. I tell you, there are a lot of things that we can be attending and participating in that are not Christ centered and Bible focused. And we just we're just living in an hour right now where we we just can't have those things in our lives. Why? Because deception as is at an all-time high and deception is only going to continue to increase. So with that, be encouraged if you just stay in the word and if you're unsure, like I said, ask God to show you and he will be faithful to do that through the power of his Holy Spirit, not in a condemning way, but in a way that he will just reveal those things to you. And together you can, you can repent of those things. You can renounce those things, shut the door to it and move on, right? Move on and continue to avoid those things. All right. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that this added value to your life and continue to reach out because I, I would love to hear from you what your thoughts are on this week's episode. And if there's anything else I can do to help you as it relates to this week's topic in this episode, reach out. And I, I know that I don't have the bandwidth to respond to everybody in a timely manner, but I do try my best. <laughs> As I've said before, 
reaching out to me in Facebook Messenger or Instagram, uh, direct messaging isn't always the easiest for me. You're not going to always get the most timely response from me. Whereas if you respond to me through an email, which you can find by clicking on uh, the link to my website, which is in the show notes of every single uh, podcast episode here on the podcast, um, you will receive a much timely, much timelier uh, response from me. So anyway, uh, take care. I'm championing you forward. I'm believing in you. I'm believing for you. Take care. Have a great rest of your week and I'll catch you right back here next time. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review, and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you right back here, same place, same time, next week.